In this off-the-cuff episode, we explore the connection of dogs and warriors. Canines have always been a man's best friend. They have been used in the battlefield for decades. Our special guest today is Mike Ritland, who served as a Navy SEAL for 12 years. He's a New York Times bestseller and founder of Tricles International and Warrior Dog Foundation. As a weathered warrior and a prolific canine trainer, Mike speaks from the heart, and he absolutely pulls no punches. We're going to dive deep into the connection of man and dog and break the myth about what makes a good protection dog. Step up and make a change to your life today. Get a new outlook on what it means to protect the ones you love. Stand by. First off, I want to say thank you for all those gentlemen that have stepped up and given me a follow at Man of War with two R's on Instagram. You guys are doing great. We have grown Instagram so far very, very organically, which is exactly what I want to do. I don't really give a shit too much about the number of followers. I want to have interaction and make it an immersive experience. And we're pumping out some great content day in and day out. We're doing shooting some uh, live videos. We're actually shooting some other different video clips right now as we speak. We're going to do that for our Instagram platform and also our new YouTube page, which should be released here over the next few days. We're just making sure that we have videos in line there when we release and open that page. All right, guys, listen, subscribe, leave us a review. Very important. We want to continue trending higher in this iTunes world, in this iTunes podcast world, all right? This is the way that we're going to reach more people and continue to increase and get this movement stronger. Right now, we're almost doubling and a half, almost triple, uh, tripling our monthly listeners, our monthly downloads. So we are absolutely kicking ass every single month. And I'm just, man, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled And more importantly, I am seeing that we're really helping people. Listen, I am here to help you. I am here to give you the tools that you need to start transforming your life, to start strengthening, right? Strengthening that warrior mindset, that warrior spirit, to start connecting your body, mind, and spirit, not only through the guests, okay, the badass guests that we're bringing in through the show, but also through the Warrior Chronicles podcast, man. If you can tie those two together and start taking notes and actually implementing what you learn here, man, you really have a good framework, a good structure to start learning how to walk that warrior's path. Listen, like I've said many, many times, there are many podcasts out there, okay? Very good podcast that's about developing men and masculinity. We're not about that, okay? We're about taking these men that are masculine already and transforming them into warriors, into modern-day warriors. We're making them take that step up to that elite level. This is what we are about. This is what separates our podcast, our movement from others. All right, and on the pipeline here, I have one major event that is happening towards the end of the year that I'm going to be announcing over the next few weeks. 
It is badass, and it's something that I am absolutely stoked for. And more importantly, it's going to really bring the Brotherhood of Warriors together. So stand by for that, and when it fill you in little by little, and then give you with a big shebang at the end. All right, also, very important, if you have not done so already, stop by forgingawarrior.com. That's forgingawarrior.com because that is the Warrior Development Academy. We have hundreds of warrior-minded men right now transforming their lives from average men into modern-day warriors. They're doing this through video lessons, through webinars, through conferences, through manuals, and basically through all the tools that you need to set you walking in the warrior's path. All right, if you don't know about our warrior's manuals, Strengthen Your Warrior Spirit, you gotta go get it for free right now at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. All right, get ready for this show. Mike Ritland is a Navy SEAL badass and a canine trainer. This guy knows so much about dogs and so much about the warrior mindset. You're gonna love it. He is very, very much hands-on, and he doesn't hold any punches whatsoever. All right, let's get right into the show. Mike Ritland, welcome to the Man of War podcast, my brother. It is a pleasure to have you on. Oh, it's my pleasure to, to come on. I appreciate you having me, and uh, looking looking forward to our chat. Awesome, man. Awesome. And uh, can you do me a favor? Can you introduce yourself, okay, to just to our general audience that doesn't know who Mike Ritland is? Sure. Um, I, I grew up in uh, northern Iowa and was into dogs, you know, all growing up, bird dogs. I got into to hog dogs a few years after that. Uh, and then I joined the Navy right out of high school. I spent a little over 12 years on active duty in the, in the SEAL teams on the West Coast. And I was with SEAL Team 3. Uh, and then I was a, a BUDS instructor for the last couple of years that I was in. Uh, from there, I started my own canine company, uh, a couple of them. Uh, Tricos International is the one that I've had for a number of years now that, uh, you know, that's my, my for-profit side. And then uh, I founded the Warrior Dog Foundation back in 2010, where we retire former special operations and, and police dogs. Um, currently, I... I've written three uh, New York Times bestsellers, and uh, two of them are basically the same book, The Trident Canine Warriors and um, Navy Seal Dogs, and then Team Dog is a, is a training book that uh, that I put out a couple of years ago. I have a, a training, an online training monthly program at, uh, at teamdog.pet, which you can access through mikeritland.com, where I uh, basically do monthly training lessons that are cumulative and, and progressive in terms of starting you out at, at square square one and, and building you up into where you get the, the dog to kind of where you want it to be, no matter where where you started, essentially. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of the gist of it. I, I do, I started my own podcast called Mike Drop uh, here just a couple weeks ago and been enjoying doing that and uh, just yeah, just kind of doing doing all of those things now, uh, dog related and and podcast related. So that's uh, that's the gist of it. Fuck, man! So you're a busy busy guy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. All right, yeah. for four listeners. One thing I go go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Well, one thing I forgot to mention also is uh, Trico supplements. I, I also launched that. Uh, the first supplement is a CBD oil that I've used on myself and uh, and the dogs for a number of years now, and I've had 
had very good results with it. So uh, you can check that out too. But that's something that we'll we'll be developing some more products over the next uh, year to eighteen months. Awesome. Uh, some collagen stuff and and some uh, oil, salmon oils, and and uh, joint and inflammation products and stuff like that too. So uh, you can check that out at trichosupplements.com. But. So, Mike, talk to me a little bit about how you got into dogs. I mean, you're a Navy SEAL guy, and he, you know, you're a team guy. You get out of uh, you know out of your unit, and you're back into the real world. Were you uh, a Navy SEAL canine trainer before coming out? No, I. Uh, so, I as I was getting out is when the program, uh, at least on the West Coast, was kind of coming to fruition. So, uh, essentially, what I did was uh, as I was getting out started my own company and and within the next couple of years had secured a few different government contracts and provided both dogs and, and training uh, programs for a number of different units and, and then uh, basically got the contract for the West Coast multi-purpose canine or SEAL canine program. And so I went out there with uh, one of my closest friends in, in life and in dogs and uh, the, the two of us were out there as trainers for, uh, he, he got out there in 2010 and I was there in, in uh, part of 11 and 12. And then uh, after that, you know, kind of went on and then have just continued to provide uh, dogs and, and training for a host of different departments and units. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, the, the training regimen and, and companies that hold those contracts are, are civilian groups. And so there's, uh, you know, there's no active duty trainers uh, per se on uh, on any of the the teams, but uh, they've they've done a little bit of that in the past when they first started on the East Coast, I believe. But uh, but now and for a long time now, it's all you know former police or military handlers or or guys like me that uh, have just been been involved in dogs or, and or the community for a number of years, and so that's uh, that's kind of where it, where it came from. Cool. And at what point did you um, start Tricos? I started Tricos uh, right after I left um, that that program, basically. So it was back in 2012, the spring of 2012 is when I started Tricos. I, I was a partner with two other guys in my first dog company uh, prior to that. And then uh, once I left there, ran, you know, kind of just decided I wanted to run my own show and and uh, and have it just be my deal. So uh, yeah, I started that in, in the spring of 2012. Now your um, your mindset, and I hear you know I've heard your podcast and then listened to your podcast quite a few times here. I mean, you got a very strong mindset, and I love the fact that you you know you talk what you believe, and you don't leave shit on the table. Very much like what we do here, we're very much open. Yeah. There is no such thing as being politically correct. I mean, we talk the truth, and basically that's the way it rolls. Now, talk to me a little bit about your mindset going into today's society. All right, I mean, let's just start right off from going recently to my own backyard here into our active shooter um, incident that happened in the school a couple of uh, weeks ago. Um, You know, we're still healing from that. And uh, I wanna know your take on a situation like that from a mindset perspective. So there's a couple things, I mean, the. you know the way I see it is 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 basically two main components. Is that one, 
you know, it, it's approaching life from this. There, there needs to be a lot more uh, of the mentality of approaching life from the standpoint in which evil exists. You can't, you know, litigate or or mandate or or regulate it out of society. Uh, you know, it, it, it is pervasive. Uh, it's part of human nature. It has and always will exist. And you can't, uh, you know, have ribbon campaigns that are going to get rid of that. Uh, that that's the fucking reality of it. And so, um, you know, to me, that, that's that's kind of step one is that people have to have to come to terms with that there isn't legislation that's going to fix every problem in this country. You know, some of it is, is having the ability to to confront whatever it is, whether it's evil or, uh, you know, any, any problem you run into is you, you've got to be able to confront it no different than any other thing that you run into in your life that pulls your card or, or gut checks you or challenges you, et cetera. And so that's, that's kind of the first thing. The second thing is, is or the second component rather is to be able that, that once you've identified the fact that yes, that's there and it's something that has to be addressed the way that you address it is is in a like-minded mentality and that you're not keeping the kid gloves on and you're not beating around the bush and sugarcoating everything is that you're saying okay this is the problem here's here's how we're going to fix it and then you do it you know and I don't care if it's border security uh or you know school shootings or bullying or whatever is that, that there has to be a a more black and white contrast in this country uh, and frankly in, in western society and in understanding that uh, you know, you, you can't half-ass it the way that we do, and, and unfortunately, I see a lot of that with with a number of issues in foreign policy. The way the way that we conduct ourselves, or the way that our government historically yeah. Yeah. has mandated that our military conducts themselves, and and sure. to me, I think, you know, there there needs that you know that kind of that Tecumseh Sherman mentality during the Civil War when when he uh, went into Atlanta and, and you know just destroyed the place. Uh, you know, and said, we're basically, we're going to make this so God awful that, that they're not even going to want to fight us anymore. Uh, and, and to me, you, you have to have that mentality when you're dealing with evil. And again, whether it's a macrocosm of, 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 you know, the United States military taking on, uh, you know, a foreign adversary or all the way to the microcosm of one asshole in a, in a school that's causing a bunch of problems is that you have sure. to say, Hey, here's the deal. Uh, you know, and, and one of the perspectives that I've gained from training dogs is is that is that you know because you can't explain anything to them is that you have to make things very very black and white. Hey, my brothers, just a quick break in the action here. Go check out the Warrior film. All right, it's titled "Out of the Darkness and Into the Light." It's a motivational film. It's a nice documentary about warriors. You're gonna love it. Forgingawarrior.com forward slash Warrior film. Now back to the show. You know, there there's rewards and uh, uh, and payment, uh, or or the way that we refer to it in dog training is there's reinforcers uh, for good behavior for doing what I want them to do, and and I can shape a lot of good and and desirable behaviors by reinforcing them properly using good timing, etc. Uh, but on the transverse is is that the the balance that that has to exist biologically and and within our society the way that the way that animals, including human beings, work is that there also has to be consequences. Uh, you know, the, the withholding of something good isn't always uh, going to get you what you need out of uh, whether it's dogs or children or a coach with his athletes, a, a teacher with their students, right, right. Uh, a parent with their children. 
is that you know the the absence of uh, you know of a reward can't and and in in, a, in many cases isn't enough to get that desired behavior. Sometimes people, kids, dogs, you name it, need, need to have corrections administered to them. I.e., they need to have their ass kicked. You know, and, <laughs> and that's the reality of it. I mean, that, that's that's the truth. Is that you know there, there's a there's a, a really funny story. There's a a famous um, a relatively famous female British pure positive dog trainer, uh, you know, that, that abhors, you know, the use of corrections and, and remote collars or prong collars. And, and one thing I want to, I want to clarify before I even tell the story is that that's not my go-to thing. It's, but a tool, just like a marker, uh, or a right. clicker, just like, you know, toys mm-hmm. are food sure. affection. They're, they're all tools, uh, just like a surgeon has a table full of tools. It's, but one tool. It's not right. what that's I right. use for everything. Uh, you know, it's something that if I've used other modes and they've or methods and they've not uh, successfully, you know, uh, from a criteria standpoint, gotten what I'm looking to get out of it, then then I will use another tool. But uh, but I, you know, back to the to the story is that you know she's she was dealing with a police dog, and she got too close to the dog and the dog bit her and she backed up and and didn't get back in that position. And if you think about that for a second, is that for somebody who is so anti-correction, the dog corrected her and it fixed the problem <laughs> using compulsion, <laughs> using violence, you know, yeah, using, yep. you know, a, a, a method in which she doesn't sure. believe in, yet it, it worked on her, you yeah. know. And, and so, you know, to me, that, that tells you a lot about, you know, violence and, and pain and uncomfortability is a universal language, uh, you know, and, and it spans every species, every uh, every subspecies, every breed within dogs, et cetera, is that is that it works. Now, granted, you know, again, I, I want to reiterate me caveating the fact that you know to use say a third grade classroom as a as a good benchmark for for an analogy is that you know if, if you walk into a third grade classroom and and when those students uh, you know they're sitting there, if the teacher walks in and and they blow their anal glands because they're so scared of the of the ruler that this teacher has or or the corrective uh, methods in which they're using the to conduct the class and and maintain good discipline and order those that's a terrible learning environment and those kids aren't going to learn anything and and I don't want people to think that that's the case and if you go on my uh on my online training you'll see very quickly that that 95% of it is all based on positive reinforcement and, and, and the foundation is the relationship you have with the dog. It's not kicking the dog's ass and, and making them do what you want. It's, it's very opposite of that. But, so but, th- those are uh, all my, for, real quick, I'm going to, th- those are all real good points. My, I'm, I'm going to throw a little uh, kink in here for you. In sure. relationship to training, say, a human being, right, and re- training a dog, all right, we got we got. You just mentioned that the dog corrected the human, and and I'm, I want to figure out from your past training experience, how do we differ in training? Say to get a human being performing in that peak performance, and a dog performing at peak performance. Well, so the key is understanding who you're training and what motivates them. You know, and and that's going to vary from dog to dog, from person to person. You know, yes, there are principles. But you know the the what I what I find happens more often than not is people overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. You know they they 
they put way more thought into it that's necessary. And if you just remember one simple adage that, and this is by B.F. Skinner, who you know is is kind of the the godfather of operant conditioning, mm-hmm. is that any behavior that's reinforced is likely to occur again. You know how you reinforce it again. That's going to depend. You know if a dog doesn't doesn't care about tennis balls and you can bounce one off his nose and he, and he just looks at you like you're an idiot, then using a tennis ball isn't you know a good or effective method of, of reinforcement. Right. Uh, on the transverse, you know, if you if you tell your kids, hey, if you guys get straight A's, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you eat Brussels sprouts all week this week. They're gonna be like, yeah, I, I don't care, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and so it, it's that same thing as you know whether it's a spouse, a, an athlete, a child, a dog, whatever, is that you have to understand what motivates them, and then you're going to use that to reinforce and, and shape good and desirable behavior. Um, you know, so so that that's the the first half of it. The second half is if you've exhausted all of that. Uh, and and one one thing that's that's imperative to note too, and and I touched on it once already, but is that it's it's the relationship. Is you have to have a good bond oriented, trust filled relationship with whatever it is that you're trying to train right, dog, right. human, whatever. If you don't have that, if they don't trust you, and and you don't have a good relationship, you're running your head into a wall uh, most of the time. Uh, so that has to come first, and then you're going to use reinforcement from there. If you have a great relationship. You've had lots of repetitions of reinforcement uh, to to shape and 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 uh, reinforce these behaviors. Uh, at that point, if there's still things that that trump all of that, then I use corrective methods. Then I say, okay, here, I'm going to make the consequences sufficient to where you you're not going to do what I don't want you to do. You know, uh, the best analogy with kids I can use is that you know if you tell your your you know kid to to clean its room or uh, or whatever, uh, whatever chore, you know, and they tell you to, uh, to blow it out your ass, uh, you know, then right. I'm not going to say, okay, well, you're not getting ice cream tonight. Like, no, you're, you're, you're going to get your ass kicked, sure. you know? Um, so, so it's, it's, that's the gist of it is, is that, you know, on the transverse, like if I'm trying to teach a child arithmetic, you know, you know, and they, they don't understand it and, and I, you know, I'm not going to use corrective measures to make them understand it. It needs to be a good, positive learning environment. So with the dog, it's that same kind of thing. If I'm shaping behavior and they're just not getting it, I'm not going to use corrective measures, prong collars and remote collars to make them get into position of healing and downing and staying and things like that. Right, right. Now, if I have a sandwich in my hand, they jump up and they're punching their canines through my hand to take a sandwich out of my hand. I'm going to bow up to them and make them understand that that shit's not acceptable and, and they're not going to do that. Uh, you know, so there has to be that, that balance. Wow. So talk to me about what made you step into the canine world. I know I read a little portion regarding that, uh, uh, and I guess during wartime you saw some of the dogs, um, one of them specifically, uh, what, I think it was like a grenade-sniffing dog or explosive uh, dog. Talk to me a bit about yeah. what really motivated you to get into canine. So, I mean, you know, I, I, again, I grew up, I was always a dog guy growing up. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I messed with bird dogs growing up and, and then into hog dogs. And so I've always been mm-hmm. very fascinated and interested in, in all aspects, breeding, training, mm-hmm. uh, conditioning, uh, hunting with them, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, when I was in Iraq back in 2003, uh, we were up in Tikrit and there was a, a bomb dog that, uh, that alerted. It was, it was a Marine bomb dog. I, I wasn't even there when it happened. They were, they were in the area and we got a, an after action uh, about it and uh and for me that was kind of my light switch moment is that we had been in in scenarios such as that a number of times and i i thought to myself why the hell do we not have dogs and uh right. so from that from that point on i just 
uh, kind of catapulted myself into into wanting to to do anything and everything I could with with those dogs to uh, you know to train and, and to work with them and, and to decoy and, and you name it. And so um, from that, yeah, I mean from that point on, I mean, it's been you know over 15 years at this point. Um, you know, but but again, even before that, I you know I was breeding and, and training dogs for for other other purposes as well. But um, you know, and so that but you know again for me that. That was for sure the the smack in the face, if you will, that, that really energized me. And, and from that day up until, as I sit here talking to you, it, it's been uh, you know a nonstop kind of quest on my end of, uh, of both a passion and uh, and a purpose, you know, for for what I want to do. And uh, what inspired you to write? I mean, these are all New York Times bestsellers. I mean, what really made you go, you know, pen to paper and and, and put this in a book format? Well, it, it, it was kind of the opposite of the way, um, you know, most book deals tend to tend to happen or work, and that I was approached by uh, by Macmillan or, or St. Martin's, which is a, a subsidiary of Macmillan, to write it, uh, the, the first book, Trident Canine Warriors, because of my background in the Navy and then my time as, a, as an instructor and kind of that, uh, you know, that, that uh coupling of, of those two worlds uh, and it was right after the bin laden raid where uh, the public had, had learned that that there was a dog on the raid and they were fascinated that special operations were you know jumping out of planes with dogs and and doing all this crazy stuff with them and, and explosive detection and, and anti or counter ambush stuff and and uh, and so you know just that that popularity spike uh, drove drove the um the publishing house to to contact me and and write the book and it it wasn't something i agreed to right out of the gate it took a few months of me really seriously considering if i wanted to 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 do that and go down that road and um and so yeah i mean obviously i I did uh but you know it it was it was not something that i i was really fond of doing you know I, i had mixed feelings about it for sure but one of the things that, that kind of put me over the edge and made me decide, you know, yes, this is something I think is worth doing is just the amount of misinformation that was out there that was being, you know, spewed by a lot of different media outlets about, you know, that, that the dogs, you know, they have titanium, they all have titanium teeth and, and can bite like a great white shark because of it or, or whatever. And, and the reality of it is, is, you know, that the metal on their teeth are, are caps just like, you or I would get, um, and they, they don't affect their ability to bite or, or do damage whatsoever. Uh, you know, and, and so in fact, on the, on the transverse, they're usually capped because they're chipped or, or cracked or, or broken or weakened. And so, um, you know, it's just, that's of, but one example, but there was a ton of stuff like that that was out there that, uh, that was just wrong and right, people right. Were, were spewing out. And I just kind of wanted to set the record straight to a certain extent. And then the flip side of it was just, kind of dovetailing onto the misinformation is that, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, didn't really truly grasp the, the depth in which these dogs are valuable. Um, sure. you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's a, a very specialized skill set and one that you can't just turn on, mm-hmm. uh, like a light switch, uh, you know, and, and I wanted, you know, when, when, uh, budget cuts come around and, and people are trying to decide, you know, about more body armor or better body armor or the dog program is that they, they wouldn't be so quick to, to shit can the dog program because they're, they're so valuable and, and the amount of lives that they saved. I mean, it, their story needs to be told too. And there, you know, there's a plethora of, of books and, and stories being told about the human counterparts and, 
and uh you know there there wasn't a lot of of dog stuff out there uh, in terms of modern day uh you know stories being told and i and i wanted to to kind of help with that so all right, that sounds that sounds like a, an amazing way to kind of come into the canine world and uh, go out there, write books, and just be totally immersed in that. So I'm going to ask you some questions that I I have, and, and, and no one better to ask them than you here. So for um, an average person, all right, they don't want to use it for security as far as, you know, working as a security guard or a police officer, but someone having a dog at home okay and using it as a protector for the home but at the same time uh being able to take it out train it um talk to me a little bit about that first of all what type of dog do you recommend is is there any specific breed of dog that you would recommend um are they are there any types of maybe initial things that you look look for in a dog you know prior to purchasing it or breeding it and talk to me about that Sure. The short answer is, is, uh, is there isn't a short answer. You know, I mean, it honestly, it would take several hours to kind of right. really dive, dive into every, every aspect, but I'll, I'll kind of give it a synopsis uh, like this is that all of the questions that, that you, that you just asked, if you think about that from the human standpoint, if you were mm-hmm. to say, you know, what kind of human protector would you want as a bodyguard? You know, is there a certain race of person? Well, no, not really. Um, you know, is, is there, you know, certain things you want to do? Yes, you need a selection process just like you do with the military or police sure. mm-hmm. or a security company that's hiring bodyguards. But, you know, yes, I would say that, that overwhelmingly, you know, Belgian Malinois, Dutch Shepherds, and German Shepherds fit the, the bill in terms of, of the breed. Um, but just because, you know, it's that breed, it's not going to be a quote unquote natural protector. And, and probably one of the biggest things that I think needs to be dispelled in terms of a, a personal protection dog is one is that they're just this God awful beast that wants to bite everybody that comes on the property to me. No, that that's not what a good protection dog is. Right. Uh, it, it's the exact opposite of that. But, mm-hmm. uh, but the other thing is that a lot of people, Mike, Mike, let, let me, let me, a, sorry, go back to that. Cause that, that's so important. It's the exact opposite of that. Just elaborate well, a so, little bit on that because a lot of people think that dogs are just going to go out there. I, I want the, the dog that's going to bark and bite, you know. And no, I mean, this sure. Mike is Mike is saying it loud and clear that that's not necessarily what the best protective type of dog is. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, again, it, it's it's paralleled to the human component. Is that you know, w- would you want that bouncer that wants to go hands on with everybody? Mm-hmm. You know, that new. 21 year old bodybuilder that you know you know is a hot-headed asshole mm-hmm. you know that's that's looking for a reason to, to grab somebody and, and and get it on with them no sure. you know like do, do you want that guy in your house that the mailman comes and he snatches him by the throat and throws him up against oh, the wall and no. asks him what no the way. hell he's doing here mm-hmm. yeah no so uh, it, it's the same thing is that you know to me what i what i uh, like to kind of explain in terms of what i look for is a mirror is you know i want a dog that that is going to reflect what human beings are, are given to him in terms of nonverbal communication and body language. So 
you know, if a guy comes to the door and, and is completely mm-hmm. calm and not violent and not making fierce eye contact and not mm-hmm. doing anything squirrely, not screwing with any of the kids or the people, mm-hmm. then the dog is, is totally chilled out and mellow and just, just keeping an eye on him. But that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if, if, if the guy, you know, or, or whoever it is that's standing there starts to get shitty and, and, and aggressive with people, then the dog's going to, going to elevate to that same level and give all of it back to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and to me, you know, from both a liability standpoint, but, but more importantly, from a confidence, uh, and, and emotional stability and temperament standpoint mm-hmm. is that, that, you know, that is what is a good dog in my opinion. And, mm-hmm. and those are the dogs that, that I source and, and sell for, you know, in the upwards of six figure price tags to, to people, uh, for that environment. They're very mm-hmm. hard to find. Um, you know, they're, they're very expensive for, for me to get them. And then I spend, you know, the better part of six months to a year getting them ready to, to integrate them into a house. But, but you've got to have that, that even keeled, super confident, you know, doesn't, doesn't get all bent out of shape, uh, you know, at everything. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions people have is a dog that's growling with his hair up. Well, that dog is mm-hmm. aggressive and, and mean, and that, and that's a tough dog. No, uh, you know, a dog with his hair up and growling is a dog that's scared, you know, and I know that doesn't mean they're not going to bite you, but I, I can tell you that for a hundred percent sure a dog that's, that's growling and, and his hair is up and is showing his teeth and that kind of stuff. He doesn't want to fight. Uh, you know, he will. Uh, and, and if you push him, he, he very may will, but, but that dog's not going to be there if you really come after him. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, most people assume that, that, that that's what a good protection dog is. It growls at everybody that walks by and whatever. No, I, I don't want that. I want, you know, again, kind of the, the opposite of that. I want a super confident, very stable minded, uh, and very environmentally stable, temperamentally sound dog that, that exudes confidence. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of that, that first component, but, um, you know, again, in terms of the breeds and, and things of that nature, um, you know, generally it, it's Malinois, Dutch Shepherds and German Shepherds, but not always, you know, I've, I've, uh, and, and more importantly, just because it's one of those three breeds does not mean it's naturally going to be a good dog. And, and a lot, so many people make, make a huge mistake in having false confidence in their dogs by assuming that, well, the dog loves me, it's going to protect me. Uh, maybe, uh, probably not. Uh, but even if it does, that doesn't mean that it's going to know how to do it. Uh, it may want to do it. It may try to do it, but no different than you take Muhammad Ali. Now, genetically, uh, you know, if, if at 20 years old, he was just in good shape, you know, would he still have been a handful if he had never boxed or fought a day in his life? Yeah, probably. Uh, just genetically, he was a, a gifted guy. Uh, but the reason you and I and everybody listening knows knows that name is because of the training that he put into it. You know, and it's no different with a dog. People automatically assume that well, the dog is this breed and and he's in good shape, and he growled at at this guy that was trying to you know give me a hug or whatever. So this dog will for for sure be there. No, he's not going to be any better at protecting uh, you than than you know Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali would have been at boxing with no training. You know, they, they still have to have that training, and that training is very specialized. It's very technically uh, complex in terms of the timing and overlapping prey and defensive drive and knowing when to, when to you know, foundationally reinforce certain behaviors during bite work and, and slowly baby step your way through and, and build the, the stress threshold that the, that the animal can deal with right, right. Uh, as it's appropriate to their age you know, while they're growing and stuff. And so there is a lot to it. Um, there, there's a ton to it. I mean, it's no different than, say, a master carpenter or a master stonemason or a, or a brain surgeon in terms of 
you know, really, you know, how, how technically sound you have to be to really understand where that dog's head at is mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. and how to properly train them to, to be effective and then also be able to select the right candidate for that type of training. It takes years and years to, to get good enough to, to really be able to do it with, with extreme competency. So, Mike, if, if say, I'm going to go buy a dog, <clears throat> all right, and I have absolutely no training, I pick up your book, all right, and uh, or or I start going into your um you know into your videos and looking at you know some dog training techniques. How would you? I mean, where would you point me in the right direction to start from? Where should I buy a puppy? Should I buy a um, a you know maybe a year old dog? Um, you know, yeah. kind of guide me, guide me from there, and and say that I don't have you know fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars to go out there and, and buy a full trained dog by an expert like yourself. Sure. So you know, the first thing I would ask is is you know what do you want? Um, you know, and that that really needs to drive that decision process because there's not a cookie cutter answer of saying you should get this first. Well, it depends. I mean, are you, you know, a 70 year old, you know, grandmother, I mean, if you're talking about you specifically, even then I would still say, you know, what, what's your, your end end goal? You know, do you have kids? Do you want to have an active companion? Personally, I would like a dog that's going to, you know, when I work late nights, um, you know, I want a dog that's going to be able to, to protect my family I want a dog that's going to be good with my kids, that when I take it out to walk, it's going to be able to walk by my side, uh, respond to my commands, uh, you know, your your basic commands. Uh, and, you know, shit, when, when when the shit hits the fan, I want to be able to say, you know, pocket or whatever, you know, yeah. boom, and, and that dog takes off is going to and protect myself and my kids if, if need be. Yeah, so, the, and that's a very common common question I get. The, 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 the shitty news is, is that dog doesn't exist. You know, that, that dog that, that has everything that you're talking about doing isn't sitting in a fucking shelter somewhere wa- waiting for you to, to adopt it or, <laughs> yeah, you know, get, or, get or isn't an eight-week-old puppy it. that, that somebody it. bred in their backyard. Like, you know, the, the dogs that possess everything that you just said, like, that, that is, that's world-class athlete-caliber dogmanship. It, it, it just is. Like, the, you know, and, and the reason I say that is that a lot of people, again, that their misconception that, you know, that dog will protect me. They think he will. I promise you, you know, if you have somebody that fits three categories, that they're they're physically capable, they're not scared of the right, dog, right. and they are intent on hurting the dog and you guys, I, I got bad news mm-hmm. for you. Is you better have a bad son of a bitch to deal with, with that person. Uh, be, because I'll tell you, right. unequivocally, I do it all the t- time. People, you know, they've got this backyard Rottweiler or whatever, uh, you know, that they think is this dog's nasty and, you know, he, he runs everybody off. And I, he's never run anybody that's not, somebody that's not scared of him. If the person's scared of him, right. just a dog that will bark is enough and, and you can get that anywhere. Um, but, you know, to, mm-hmm. answer, you know, to answer kind of the generic question, and again, it's there's a reason I'm so specific is because the more specific you are, the better fit you're going to be able to find by working backwards mm-hmm. from what your ideal is. If you want what you just said, you, you need a, a protection dog, an expensive, fully trained, full-blown protection dog. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want a dog that will bark at somebody, you know, you can, you can get a, a, any stable, environmentally sound, temperamentally stable dog out of a shelter that's, you know, a year old to, to six, seven years old. Um, you know, and, and, right, and, right. and train it to bark when you tell them to, and, and just teach them basic obedience mm-hmm. and have them be a nice, stable, stable, happy, healthy dog. Those are all over the place. And I, I would just go to a shelter and find one, you know, that, that you do 
if you go to MikeRitland.com and sign up for my online training and read Team Dog, if you do those two things together, it's going to set you up for for everything that you need from dog selection to potty training to leash walking to basic obedience to engagement to place commands to crate training awesome. to you name it uh, for for the scenario awesome. of just going to a shelter picking up a nice happy healthy sound dog and and teaching them and training them to be to be decent if that's all you're looking for and, and again that there's different elements in terms of reinforcement training where where you can learn how to just teach the dog to bark on command uh, which which is very simple but uh, that, that's in there as well you can teach them to shut up when you want them to or, or teach them to bark when you want it to it works mm-hmm. the same way just in reverse mm-hmm. but th- that's what i would recommend for most people i mean for the people who say i want the dog to handle business at you know at two in the morning if i'm gone you know you need you need a full-blown protection dog to, for for him to really do that uh, and that's just the reality of it i mean because right so there is no general there, there there's no like you said i mean if you want the dog to perform at a certain level, there has to be, you know, yeah, timing mean, and training put yeah, in uh, yeah. into it. I mean, it's no different than saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, I, I want to take a couple of guys out of college and, and, and I, you know, there, I don't want to have really a selection process. I don't want to put the money in into the training and, and have them go through, you know, buds or, or you know any type of seal selection course or anything like that. Um, I want to go to the range with them a couple times a year and and uh, just do some push-ups and stuff. And then, but I need to be able to send those guys to Afghanistan and take Bin Laden down. Like, what? It doesn't work that way, you know. I mean, because what you're asking for for a dog to be social social enough and amicable enough temperamentally to integrate with, with young kids and other dogs and stuff like that, that takes a, a certain and special type of dog. A dog that, that has the, the mental capacity, the, the backbone, the intestinal fortitude, and the spine or balls required to face somebody that's five times his size, size that's trying to beat him to death, that's not scared of him, that takes a very special type of dog. Having those two components in the same animal is a fucking unicorn most mm-hmm. of the time. And, and I I go all Damn. over the world trying to find those dogs and find a handful of them a year. And that's knowing everybody, you know, almost everybody on the planet that's, that's breeding for that specifically, you know. so I got gotcha. you. So in reality, there's a there's a tremendous selection process that goes in, in place to picking these dogs. I mean, like Absolutely. you said, you're jumping around places, and it's like trying to find that that perfect match or the big cojones to be able to, hey, this dog has a backbone, and he will do what you know when fucking called upon, he's going to do the job. Yeah, and, and like I said, you know that that doesn't happen by accident. Unfortunately, a, a lot of people out there think and assume that their dog will protect them because they've seen. You know, the dog heard a noise and he growled and ran to the door and barked and somebody, you know, tried to come in and he barked a couple times and they ran off and the dog saved my life. Well, he, he very well may have, uh, but, you know, don't don't mistake that for, for that dog being able to be there when called on when you run into that, that worst case scenario. That worst case scenario is is you hope you never run into into that. The likelihood of you running into that is very, very slim. If you just have a dog that will bark, that will stave 99 95 percent of the of the criminals or uh you know or, or assholes that are willing to, to kick your door and a, just a dog barking at night will will get rid of 95 percent of that but the five percent that don't care if there's a dog barking you better have a motherfucker to deal with that person because because that's what it's going to take yep. um you know um and and again i, I i've that's seen tough. it I've, I've done it you know I've, I've proved a lot of people wrong i've not once run into anybody that just had a dog sitting in their backyard that would bite me if, if I did all of the things that I do when I test dogs uh, for that purpose to see if, if they're going to be a good, strong bite dog or not. When I 
do do my mannerisms and my predatorial behavior and my my nonverbal communication and body language and stalking and come up and pick a fight with that dog i've not run into a single one of them that would bite me um you know are they out there maybe i haven't run into any of them yet uh, and, and i've done it with a lot of an, an awful lot of damn dogs you know so um it's just you know that's just the way it works no different than most people think their kids watching them play high school football are going to be in the nfl and then the reality is most of them aren't you know <laughs> right that's right that's right that's good stuff man because i mean the a lot of people do think you know what you initially said you know yeah you know they think that they can just go to the, the pound and or or just go buy a dog and because that dog is you know a german shepherd instinctively it's going to be a protector it's going to be everything they want without putting the time and effort into training that dog and like you said the selection process is just as important as you know putting in the time in for training i mean so uh that's good stuff man that's good stuff so the say someone wants to learn how to do the basic things where do they go to i mean do you have like you said a some type of training videos or or, or a, a website that people can actually go there yeah so if you go, just go to mikeritland.com um and and from mm -hmm. there you can and you can access the team dog online training program we're about uh 19 lessons into it at this point um so you know a little over a year and a half it's a monthly lesson it's 84 bucks a year I mean that's that's cheaper than uh, than one private lesson with a, with a nice, with yeah. a trainer. So, uh, and it's a cumulative process. It starts out month one, day one. It's just you know you you, it, you go from working on just bonding and building that relationship to moving into reinforcement uh, training in terms of engaging and reinforcing your dog and, and teaching them and shaping them how to sit and down and load their crate and 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 go to their dog bed or place and stay there and not jump up and not bark and then and then the last portion is it moves into extinguishing undesirable behaviors getting them to not not mess the trash stop pulling on the leash excuse me um you know not getting into things or jumping up on people or things of that nature and then from there it just kind of expounds on all of those basic principles and gets a little a little more advanced each month working on all those that same process uh, and, and just kind of, you know, continues to delve a little further into each component. If, if, if you're having issues, uh, some troubleshooting things, I do gear reviews and food and nutrition reviews and conditioning exercises and, and blog tips for dealing with heat or, or medical advice or uh, first aid kits and, and things of that nature. It's, you know, awesome my, my goal was for it to be all-encompassing and, and kind of a one-stop shop. And really what it is is it's, it's the manifestation of the book Team Dog because I cover all that same stuff in the book. But obviously, you can only get so much from a book. I, I do recommend read the book first uh, because it's a good reference, uh, you know, tab it where, where there's things that you want to use and, and come back to. And, and then from there, subscribe to the online training because, again, that is a, a video representation of me showing you how to do these things in, in the videos and explaining them on video, uh, which is just obviously more in-depth than what you're going to get in the book. But, but taking that, pro that process of read the book, subscribe to the online and then do the lessons with your dog um you know for everybody out there that that's not looking for a high-end personal protection dog anything and everything else you want to do with your dog you'll be able to accommodate in there it's just there has to be that distinction made of the, the protection aspect is is a totally different ball game sure sure and yeah, like i said to you before um the recording the show my wife <clears throat> started reading uh the team dog book and she loves it and i'm going to uh, get her on to the lessons um asap because, you know, we, we are going to be getting a dog here over the next, uh, you know, month or so. 
and we want to make sure that the dog that you know we have at least the tools um, to you know have the dog grow up healthy and and you know mentally stable and and kind of go you know the process based on the components and the elements that you laid out man totally totally in for that yeah all right talk to me a little bit about before we we finish up here um what's your take right now on our society as far as the mentality overall on our society i wanted to ask you this earlier um i had you i heard you talk about it on your podcast a little bit um and and you made some some pretty good points so maybe we can talk about that for a couple of minutes Sure. I mean, the, the Reader's Digest version is I think, I think we're fucking weak uh, as a society, and, and I think it, uh, it's, it's unfortunately the, the cause for a lot of the shit that you see today. Uh, you know, people not, not taking personal responsibility for their own actions, uh, people not, not holding both themselves accountable and their kids accountable, uh, you know, babysitting by, by fucking iPad, uh, is is not how you you teach uh, your children how to be good, decent, and con- contributable human beings to our society. Um, it, when I see the the shift from you know parents taking their their children's side over teachers uh, and and arguing about that and and you know saying you know all of the different stuff that I, I've I've heard over the last decade of having to having to deal with it. Uh, it's just mind numbing. Um, you know, the, the, the societal shift that, that our, uh, our child rearing practices have taken on, uh, in the last 20 years or so, I think is, is an absolute detriment to the society and, and one that, that, uh, I'm, I'm very concerned, frankly, that's, that's going to lead to the downfall of, of our nation, uh, because it has to start there, no different than with dogs or with anything else, is that if you don't lay that foundation early on, you're one, you're you're running straight uphill from there on out, and two is that now you've got, uh, you know, an entitled child or dog that thinks the world owes them fucking everything, and 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 that's as right, you right. well know, as we know, we know that's not how the world works, and so. Uh, you know, I'm I'm concerned about it. I mean, you know, we need to take a, a harder line approach and and stop worrying so much about uh, being tolerant of everybody else and and just saying yeah, this is what this is what I want, this is what I prefer, and I don't really give a shit what you think. Right. You know, that offends me. Well, I, I don't care. I mean, uh, what I don't understand for people to be offended, you know, whether they're listening to this or are on my podcast or some of the, the jokes that I make and whatever it's, and it's been overwhelmingly positively received, but you hear that a lot, you know, whether it's politicians or big public figures, they say something and you, and you get that cringe from the public and well, their career's over. And, sure. and to me, I don't understand where we've shifted into where as an individual, where you're turning over, uh, your your con- the control over your emotions to somebody else, you know. Right. By very definition, like that 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 is what that is the definition of weakness, in my opinion. Uh, is that is that I'm saying, hey, I'm so I'm so fragile and sensitive that I'm going to actually turn over the control over my emotions to you <laughs> by yeah. saying one word no doubt like how pathetic that's fucking pathetic yeah, fucking crazy you know yeah. and, and 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 that's that's kind of what our society has 
has turned into, has, has morphed into as a society where everybody's the victim and everybody's so worried about offending somebody else that, that they do it uh, to, to, to a detriment to them themselves and their families. And, and I think it's stupid. And I think we're, we're going to, we're already paying for it. We're going to continue to pay for it. Uh, you know, take, take school shootings, you know, guns have been around in this country since its inception. It's arguably the reason this country exists. Um, you know, and kids have had, you know, no, no, at no time in history have guns been harder for our children to get a hold of, uh, yet they're being used nefariously at, at a higher rate than ever before. Why is that? You know, it's, it's not because guns are accessible. Uh, you know, back, you know, in even as, as let's say the 50s, I mean, you could, you could buy guns in the Sears catalog. They were advertised in their Christmas catalog. Uh, you know, and, 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 I mean, gun, gun safety was taught in most or a lot of schools. Uh, you know, kids had shotguns racked in their, in their pickup trucks in, in high school and, and had them in their vehicles. Kids weren't shooting high schools up at that point. Um, you know, it's more complex than it's just, it's just this, or it's just that, like to say that it, well, it's video games or it's, it's whatever. I, I don't think it's that simple. Uh, but what I would say is that, is that it's, um, you know, it's it's a combination of shitty parenting, a lack of personal responsibility, personal uh, uh, political correctness, um, you know, coupled with technology replacing everything. Uh, you know, kids are, aren't mentally stimulated by each other or by their parents right, or by right. experiences. Uh, it's looking at how many likes they got or, or you know, having a, a brochure of their own life on Facebook where everything's fake anyway, uh, right. you know, and, and, and being exposed to all of that, that stuff and, and not being physically stimulated. You know, they're not getting exercise to a degree in which they need, uh, and, they, and they're not being mentally stimulated to a degree in which they need. And the reason I, I would say that, that uh, you know, my, my viewpoints on that are as strong as that they are is that when I look at dogs, when they're fed shitty food and they're cooped up in, in crates or kennel runs and not physically and mentally stimulated and you combine all those things together, those dogs go fucking crazy. That's a great point. You know, um, and, and with our kids, I mean, they're, they're, they're growing up on Cheetos and iPads. Uh, you know, so their their brains and, and bodies aren't developing with proper nutrition. They're not being physically stimulated and, and worn the fuck out the way that they used to. And, and they're <laughs> no going doubt. crazy. No doubt. You know, so. Well, I mean, those are strong words, man. And I'm with you 100%. I think our society needs to wake up and they need to take a step to that next level because our children right now are falling apart. You know, and there's a lot of people saying, oh, no, you know, our, our society will be fine or whatever. I'm not so sure about it because. Even, you know, I teach in the police academy. I teach guys in my academy here that are coming through the doors, and I see their mindset. It's not nearly as strong as, you know, 15, 20 years ago. A guy that was walking in through my academy, you know, or walking in, you know, to, to become, you know, per se a warrior or somebody that has, you know, a skill set that has, that is coming in to build that mindset, Mike. I got to tell you that for the most part, I see weakness everywhere, and uh, it, it's pretty shitty, man. No, I know it. All right, brother. I know it. It's uh, it's tough to watch. Let me do this. Uh, give me your definition, man, of a modern day warrior. To me, the at at its at its crux is principled. Uh, you know, it's 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 to me the the essence of a warrior is somebody that that lives and dies by principles. 
you know, and, and from a modern day standpoint, it's, it's, it's kind of encompasses everything that we talked about is that, you know, under, understand that evil exists and, and be willing to fucking confront it and, and, and not worry about whose feelings you're hurting in the process, you know, and, and if you have, you, you should have a, a short list of, of benchmark principles that exist and they're going to vary a little bit from person to person. Uh, and I wouldn't say that it doesn't matter what they are. I mean, you know, to me, it, it's, you know, it, it's the golden rule and, 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 uh, you know, do right by people and, and don't, don't look at things, uh, in terms of what, what it, it can do for you. Uh, but live, live a principled life and, and figure out during your life through your early parts of life of what your principles are based on your experiences with other people and, and things that have happened to you and, and what, you know, you may have done to other people and, and, and compile that short list of those benchmark principles and fucking live by them. You know, don't compromise no your integrity be, be, because there's some money involved or because it's it's convenient, uh, you know, and, and, and easy to just not worry about doing the right thing. Do the fucking right thing. Uh, you know, walk walk the walk and, and live it. Uh, and and that, that's the, the gist of it, in my, my opinion. You're on point, brother. You are on point, man. You are obviously a warrior-minded individual and, um, I mean, a lot of wisdom, especially, man, when it comes to dogs and, and in relationship to the human counterpart. And that's awesome, man, because um, nowadays, in my opinion, we need more men like yourself out there uh, that carry the weight and, uh, you know, we'll step up when the shit hits the fan that will run to the, you know, sound of gunfire. Um, but not only that, but now you've brought something else to the forefront, which is these dogs that you train, you put your heart and soul behind that. Uh, and you're, you know, you're putting them out there for different agencies and different people that really want some good stuff. And that's very admirable. Uh, no doubt about it. Listen, we have obviously we're short on time here, but man, I wish I can get you back on because there's so much more to talk about. And uh, hopefully you'll come you'll come back on the show soon, man. We would love yeah. to have you anytime. Uh, my pleasure, and I appreciate you bringing me on and uh, listen to me flap my guns for a little while. No, man, that was awesome. Listen for our listeners, go check out his uh, podcast. It's called uh, what is it? Mic drop, right? Yeah, mic drop on iTunes yeah. and Google Play, Spotify, all, all the usual suspects. Awesome. We're going to have show notes, uh, all the links to his website, to his books and all that good stuff parked on the website here. So um, uh, you'll have all that. Go buy his books. You know, my wife is uh, reading Team Dog right now. It's an excellent book. I would highly recommend it. And I'm going to absorb it right after she's done with it, see if I can pluck it away from her hand. So, And uh, go to his courses too, man. Mike has some good courses online. Check that out. Mike, thank you so much for being on, man. It was an honor. No, my pleasure. Thank you. All right, so there you have it. What a great conversation with Mike Ritland. This guy is a wizard when it comes to canine training. I learned a lot myself right there. I hope that you also took some notes and kind of implement this into your life and put it into your toolbox, right? Your wisdom toolbox, your brain toolbox. You got to do that, right? This, this is important. That's why you listen to this podcast, right? Because you are learning and you want to integrate and implement these tactics, philosophies, concepts, strategies into your own life so you can be successful and start living a life that embodies 
that warrior spirit. All right, before you go, give me a follow at Man of War with two R's on Instagram. And of course, check out the uh, Warrior Development Academy at forgingawarrior.com. Until next time, remember, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.